Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. Often say in this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His vessel. When you see something that's wrong and you know it's wrong, what do you do? You know deep down inside of you it's wrong. And you know that it's an enemy to righteousness. Do you sit by quietly, silently, and just hope it will pass? Or do you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit within you and you fight that wrong? I tell you, we're living in days when we must defeat our enemies or they're going to overtake us. They're going to obliviate us. They're going to wipe us out. And we must see that. So how do we defeat our enemies? I want to start today with how you don't defeat your enemies or battle with your enemies. You don't defeat them by connecting and joining forces with them. Just say, okay, let's join forces. They're in the majority. They're stronger. They're bigger. Their voice is louder. Let's just go with them. Hope we can get past this. You don't defeat them by compromising with them. Okay, think I'll win a little bit. Give them a little bit. We'll all just live together. Or you don't defeat them by conforming to their ways and saying, well, okay, I guess we just got to live like this. This is wrong. It violates God's word. No, you defeat them by confronting them. And you always have to confront them with truth. I'm talking to you that are righteous. And maybe you don't know truth, but you have the word and you can search out truth. This morning in my quiet time, my prayer closet, I was brought to this word, which really led me to what I want to speak about today And it was a Rima, and so I want to bounce off this Rima and bring it back before us because it's right where we are as a state here in Alabama. Now, if you're not in Alabama, this issue may not um, be of concern with you, but I guarantee you, you have an issue, and you can take these truths, you can take these principles and apply them to that. But in Psalm 81, there was a call. There was a call for people to worship God and worship God in truth. And in verse 7, it says, You called in trouble, and I delivered you. This is God speaking to them, answering their cry. You called in trouble, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder, and I tested you. Hear, O my people. Who is that? Hey, that's us. If you're a Christian, that's you. That's me. God says, hear, and I will admonish you. If you will listen to me, there shall be no foreign gods among you, nor shall you worship any foreign god. For I am the Lord your God. I'm the one that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. God is saying a mouthful right there to us, and it lays it out so clearly. It is so simple, the steps to follow. 
So what are we to do? When it looks like our enemies are overtaking us, they're about to wipe us out. They're about to implement laws that violate the word of God, that will take our freedom away, that will infringe upon our family, how we can raise our families and worship God. What do we do? It says you cry to God in your trouble and you ask God to hear you in your cry. And God says, when you do, I will listen and I will hear. But in that listening to you and in that hearing, God is also watching what you were doing in the process, as well as crying to him. It's interesting that God will confront you with who you're serving at the same time that you're calling. And he says here, he'll look to see. Now you're calling to me, the Lord God Almighty, to help you in your trouble. But yet I look down there and I see that you're serving strange or false gods. You've made them your idols. But when you get yourself in a mess, when you have nowhere else to turn, then you cry out to me. In other words, what God is saying, you want the best of both worlds. It's like my mother used to say, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You must choose, Joe. And then what God says, now I hear your cry. I'm listening. And I believe with everything within me, God sees our nation. God sees our state. God sees your family. And he wants to answer your cry. He's listening, but he's also watching what you're doing. But I believe before he sends the answer, God's going to address who you're serving and who you're worshiping. See, he'll address your enemies. And listen, he is all powerful and he can wipe them out before they wipe you out. But first he wants to look to see who are you serving? Who are you looking to for your provision? Who do you really depend upon? Who are you bowing down to? And you say, well, I'm not bowing down to some carved image. No, but are you bowing down to a false God where you put your sufficiency you look to them, you trust them. Because he goes on to say there in Psalm 81, verse 10, he said, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. In other words, I saw you down there in bondage. See, if we're worshiping idols and worshiping false gods and we're looking to them to, to really provide our needs, take care of us, God says, I look down and I see that. I see that. And you know what God is doing? He's looking to see Are we going to trust him and that he be our source? And the way we answer him is not by sending back in our prayer, yes, Lord, I love you. I need you. Come in and meet our needs. What God looks for to see if we truly obey him. If we actually put our words, what we say, we won't or do, if we put it into action. And when God sees that we obey him, we obey his voice, then God provides. What does he do? He provides a way out. He gives us victory over our enemies. He sends relief. There's been a lot of people crying out for relief in this nation. In the city, we've been crying out for relief. Here in our city, in Montgomery, perhaps you have two in your city. But God gives us a warning. He says this in Isaiah 31.1. Woe to you who go down to Egypt for help. And yet you do not look to God for your help. He says, woe. In other words, suffering's coming when you do that. God tells us. He already lays out for us the consequences. 
But yet somehow we think we are wiser than God. God, just pull me out of this trap this time. And then I'll turn back to you. Well, I tell you, the state of Alabama is right here in the throes of this challenge. It is right in front of us. Whether we're going to go down to Egypt, and Egypt is a sign of your enemy, go down to Egypt for your help, and if you do, you'll be cursed. Or are we going to go to God, who is our friend, who is our all-sufficient one, and the result, be blessed? See, Right now, before the state of Alabama, we're looking at meeting our financial provisions by turning to false gods by the way of gambling or gaming, lottery, whatever you want to call it. And those in authority, those that are pushing this, they think they're very wise. They've put the numbers to paper. It looks like it's a winner. It looks like everything is justified. In fact, just this morning while I was in the car, I heard on a local radio station, someone said, well, why not have gambling expand gaming in Alabama? All the other states have it. Why should we not have it? Well, you know, that kind of thinking, I say, well, then if all the other states legalize cocaine and offer it to their children and their families, then Alabama should legalize cocaine and offer it to their families and their children? We should give them access to it. It's the same type of reasoning. When you know it's not right, when you know it's going to increase harm, when you know that some bad consequences, curse, danger, suffering is going to come from it, oh, it may give you relief for a season. Sin is always fun for a season. But yet then the consequences come. You see, my response to that is how foolish. How foolish. See, gaming gambling, lottery, they, it is our enemy. you got to label it what it is. See, there's a group that would have you to think it's your friend. And so we'll be blessed if we'll just go entangle ourselves with our friends, compromise with them, conform to their ways. Everybody else is doing it. Why shouldn't we? No, you don't join forces with them. You don't enter into contracts of agreement with them. You don't compromise just to get along with them and say, okay, you know, they've got something that we need, and so let's get that. Let's just go along with it. Although we know that there's going to be some harm, let's just figure out ways, that creative ways that we can spearhead that harm, like all the families that will be damaged and all the people that will lead to addictions and right on down the road. We will compromise and we'll figure out how to handle those with all the money that we're getting from it. And you don't conform just because it seems like everybody's doing it. You know, I want to go into this a little deeper. This is so interesting. When we have state legislators who are embracing this, they're analyzing it, they're looking at all the arguments, and yet in our Constitution, I want you to hear what our Constitution says. It is amazing. We have already decreed and declared in the Alabama Constitution. It says, We, the people of the state of Alabama, in order to establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our prosperity, invoking the favor and the guidance of the Almighty God. 
See, we have already acknowledged in our Constitution, which is over us, and we come under it because it is our authority and we look to it, that we want to secure our blessings that we can live in liberty and that we can live in prosperity. And the way to do that, we look to God and we invoke God the Almighty to have favor on us and to guide us. You know what I have to say? Either we fear God or we don't. You can't say on one hand we invoke his favor and we want his blessings. And yet on the other hand, you turn your back to God and you look to false and strange gods. See, to look to God, I believe, is our threshold. And that's where it starts. We must look to God. See, again, I keep coming back to this scripture, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We pray it all the time. The church prays it all the time. We see it on billboards. We see it in church bulletins. I even hear it sometimes with news commentators. We'll say parts of it. We, we say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then God said, hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sins and heal our land. We cry out for that. But yet on the other hand, when we don't have enough money and we don't know what to do, we forget what the Constitution has already declared. We forget the prayer that we pray all the time, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and we take matters into our own hands. I think there's a better way. You come back to the foundation and you start with God, as, as I said, as the threshold. And God says that if you'll come back to me, don't go down to Egypt for help. Don't go down there to the enemy for help. Don't go down there to the strange gods. Don't worship them. Come back to me and see me as your sufficiency. Line up with what your constitution says that you've already established. See, we want to follow this constitution when it favors what we want to do. And when it doesn't, we want to set it aside and just forget about it. Just make it real convenient not to go there. But God says, if you'll just come back to me, he said, I will open wide your mouth and I will fill it. What is that? There's an order to that. The first thing is that we have to come back to God and we have to turn from our strange gods and decide the threshold. We're not going down there. We're not going to these strange gods of gambling. We're not going there. See, see, let me stop right here and just explain something that that maybe we're not quite familiar with. See, this is not a new territory. This has already been tried years ago with the Israelites. See, they got to the point, they went down to strange gods and they started worshiping foreign gods. And for their provision, when they needed resources, they forsook God, they turned their back on God and they turned to the false gods of Gad and many. Who were they? They're the gambling gods. They turned to them, and they started worshiping the gambling gods, the god of luck, the god of fortune, the god of destiny. They turned to them, and they started worshiping them and looking to them for their provision. Well, I will tell you, those gods will come through for a little while, and God will let them, but after a while, it will run out, and it will be worse afterwards than before you started. And so, see, when we turn to gambling, just like the Israelites turn to these false gods, and really it's a, a spirit of greed, there's a greediness in it because those that are handing it out, those 
false gods that's using instruments of unrighteousness to hand it out. There's a spirit of greed there. And it's, you know, and it's covetousness. They covet this. And the threshold is always open with deception. The enemy always has a counterfeit. When God says, I am your provision and I will answer your cry, I'll open your mouth wide and fill it. The enemy comes with an onslaught as a counterfeit to give you this pretty picture that he is the answer for your needs. And I'm going to tell you, every time you turn to false God for provision and fortune, it brings judgment on the people. It did on the Israelites. God's ways are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it will on Alabama today if we turn to these false gods for our provision. And I will tell you, gambling and gaming are on the top of the list of the false gods that we are worshiping, that we are looking to now, and figuring on paper that they are our answer. And as you're listening to these arguments, let let me interject something here. Evaluate where they are on the spectrum with their arguments. Are they at the foundation right here that we should be deciding, is this the right door to open or the right door to close? Or are they up on the ladder talking about, well, who's going to manage the gambling funds? Who Who is going to head up this commission? Who's going to have the oversight to regulate all of this? See, what they've already done is they've just skipped about five runs of the ladder, broken the threshold of whether it's right or wrong, looking to God or to false gods, and jumped up and figured, and we're wasting time on unnecessary arguments. We're spending our energy and our time on unnecessary resources to try to evaluate this when we should be back down here deciding, are we opening the door for a curse or a blessing in this state? Are we opening ourselves to some unnecessary consequences where God will have to turn his back on us and we'll have to learn the hard way? See, my heart is that we speak out the truth, that we get the truth out there and that people begin to think about the truth before they make some, before they make a mistake. That's really to say it politely before they make a bad mistake and then we have to live with it or possibly our children and our grandchildren because there will be consequences. See, we have already decided from our constitution and from us as Christians that God is our source. God is our source of hope. But see, when you lose hope, you start to look to other resources. And again, that counterfeit, the enemy always sends an alternative that looks good, smells good, and tastes good until you begin to ingest it. And then it turns bitter. And that bitterness turns to a sour thing on our state, a sour thing as a result of. So, Who are we going to look to? We're asking God for wise counsel and mercy, and we're asking God to save us so that we don't sink financially here in our state. Yet, we've already opened the door and decided that these false gods are our answer. We've already run to them for our relief. So what do you think God is seeking? Do you really think that in response to our cry for help, God's going to answer us by telling us just to turn to these false gods, swear by them, go get in bondage to them. It'll be okay. I'll take care of you, everything else over here. See, that is foolishness because God sees our heart 
He sees our hands. He sees what we're doing. And yet, all we want is God to pacify us and just give us a pass and give us a reason to move forward to seek our relief from these strange or false gods. You know, and my response is, God, help us. God, intervene. God, intervene. And if we really want God's help, we really want God's provision, what do we do? Then I tell you, you have to purpose that you will not bow the knee to ungodliness, that you will not bow the knee to these false gods. And then you have to decide that you will not be silent about it. See, there may be many of you that are listening. You say, well, I'm not for gaming. I'm not for gambling, but it looks like it's going to pass. They've got the votes. And so we just sit by and do nothing. You know, I could do that too, but everything inside of me wants to sound the alarm. Everything inside of me wants to speak truth. And then once you speak truth to them, hey, it's in their court. They then have an answer, an answer to Father God, an answer to us, the people, according to the Constitution, and then an answer to themselves. See, what we should do, and here's the plan of action. To me, it's simple, is that you surround your territory so that your enemies don't subdue you and take over you. See, this gambling, this gaming, this lottery is an enemy. And it looks pretty right now because it's draped in righteous clothing until you take the robe off. And then we'll see what the heart of it really is. And so what you do is that you surround this. You take authority over your territory, over your enemies, and you go subdue them. How do you do that? You don't join with them. You don't connect. You don't make contracts, agreements with them. You don't compromise with them. Again, as I said, you don't conform to their ways like everybody else is doing it. So let's do it. No, you take authority for your territory and then you sound the alarm. You must sound the alarm. Even if it looks overwhelming, even if it already looks like a defeat, you sound the alarm. You do not remain silent. Because what you do is that you leave in the hands of these legislators, in the hands of these people that are making decisions, the justification to think, well, you must agree. You agree with them so they can move forward. We're not hearing from people, so we'll just move forward. And when you sound the alarm, you always speak truth. You always speak truth. Many people don't speak up because they think, well, I don't know what to say. Who am I? I'm a little nobody. Well, you are a citizen. You have a right to speak up. You have a conscience. You know what is right and you know what is wrong. And if God has spoken to your heart to speak up, then you speak up and you always speak the word. You always start with truth. By not speaking up, the whole truth. When we don't speak up, then the whole truth isn't out there for our leaders, our legislators to consider. And then it's too late when they've made a decision. See, if ungodliness wins in this situation, after it's gained control, it is then that we see our stubborn ways, our selfish ways, our sinful ways. They'll be exposed, but not without a price. There will be a price to pay for this. I'm not trying to put fear in anyone. I'm just asking you to think through this. Is God calling you to speak up? See, I know in my spirit I'm to speak up truth. And I'm a little nobody with very little voice. But God's voice, God's truth sounds pretty loud. So you always take truth. And when you take truth, then it's in their court. 
and then God holds them accountable. Because why? They've heard truth. Hey, they may not want to entertain it. They may not ponder it. They may not pray through it, but they've heard truth. So now they're without excuse. They can't say, oh, I didn't know. No, they know. They know. So what I want to challenge you, if each one of us would do something here in Alabama, you pray through the issue of gambling. Does God want us as Christians to turn to false gods for our provision and sufficiency and totally leave him out as a possible one that would open our mouth, that we would open our mouth and he would fill it? Does he want us to turn to those false gods or does he want us to turn to him? You, if you're in another state, what issue? What issue is before you? That God is calling you to sound the alarm. Take care of your territory that the enemy doesn't subdue you, but you defeat the enemy by speaking out and speaking truth. Put truth on it. This is what God, I believe, is looking for right now, even throughout our nation, because there's very little truth being spoken. And so the lies are winning. You defeat a lie with the truth. You defeat deception by speaking truth, and you got to stand on it. So, I want to challenge each one of you, do something. You pray about it. What's the Holy Spirit asking you to do? What would God require of you? And one by one by one, we can use what is happening around us in our city or our state. We can use what's happening in the political arena as a means for revival. See, we're praying for revival. And you say, God, revive us. Well, look at what's happening. Look at what the enemy is trying to do to keep us in bondage and say, God, I'm going to step in and I'm going to use that to help bring revival. And then take responsibility for your heart. Take responsibility for your home, your territory and sound the alarm. Speak up and say something. And you see, I believe this is how we defeat our enemy. And when God sees that we obey and we obey pursuant to his word, just as this Rima that he spoke to me this morning, once we obey and it's clear from our actions that Father God sees we're not going down to Egypt for help, then God steps in. He sees our need and he is God. He is our provision. He will cause us to open our mouth wide and he will fill it. He truly will be our sufficiency and even more. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His Vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334 356 4478. And my prayer is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength as you seek to become His vessel.